0: Hello, welcome, and thanks for checking in today to No Vacancy, the podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Palmer. I'm an Airbnb ambassador and 17-time superhost, and I've over 1,000 reservations. I'm a stay-at-home mom of two under two and manage my eight listings remotely. My mission is to help new and experienced vacation rental hosts turn their listings into fully booked, profitable properties that can be managed from anywhere so you too can have no vacancies. If that sounds good to you, let's get right into the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of No Vacancy, the podcast. Today's episode is long overdue. This is probably the topic within Airbnb and short-term rentals that I get asked the most about, and that is how do I become a co-host? How do I start co-hosting? How do I find people to co-host for? All of the above. So today's entire episode is going to be dedicated to co-hosting. For those of you who don't know what co-hosting is, let's back up and walk through it. Co-hosting is essentially a way to do Airbnb management. It's a term specific to Airbnb. Um, You can add a co-host within the Airbnb platform. I guess at this point, co-hosting has kind of expanded beyond Airbnb, you could be a co-host and offer to also list the properties you're co-hosting on Verbo or Expedia or set up direct bookings for them. So it really can be what you make it, but originally co-hosting was a way that Airbnb hosts who weren't able to do everything themselves could just send an invite to another Airbnb account and invite them to help them co-host. And I think it originally started by just sort of helping here and there respond to some messages or oversee some bookings. But co-hosting, like I said, it really can be whatever you want it to be. And the way that I personally co-host is pretty much like a manager. Now, what is great about co-hosting and that word specifically is that legally, it's a little bit of a management loophole. So in a lot of states, you actually cannot manage properties for people without either a broker's license, um, sometimes even a realtor's license or some sort of management exam you have to pass. There may be some legal restrictions in the way. Gatekeeping people from just taking on properties and managing them. As far as I know, I could be wrong, maybe in some states this has changed, but as far as I know, you can legally co host because, again, co hosting is just whatever you define it to be. So, we're going to go through some examples of different ways to structure a co hosting arrangement, but I have heard of cases where a co host will take just Five percent, And all they will do is respond to your guest messages and be on call 24 seven for them. They're not going to schedule your cleaners. They're not going to schedule any maintenance or repairs. They are not going to be responsible for restocking your place. All they're going to do is just respond to guests. And so in a situation like that, a co-host may take as little as 5%. Then there are cases where you could do full on management and be in charge of everything for the person again, just under that title of co-host. And in those cases, I have seen some co-hosts charge as much as 40%. Usually, if you are going to go that high with your commission, you would pay the cleaner out of your commission. So that 40% goes to you and the owner does not pay anything else. In that kind of case, you would usually be the one who purchases all of their supplies and pays out the cleaner there could be a case where you have a co-host who doesn't really manage your calendar or your prices or oversee your bookings but maybe they are just somebody who assists your cleaner so after your cleaning team is done your co-host might come in and kind of be that final touch if you're not local to your listing and you need somebody there to just verify that it's staged the way that you want that everything matches the pictures perfectly The co-host could be somebody who maybe if the guest told you that they are coming for an anniversary or a birthday, your co-host could leave a handwritten note for them or a bottle of wine, little things like that, that maybe your cleaning team isn't going to do. Your co-host could come in and kind of tidy up those little finishing details. In a case like that, you could pay your co-host something like 10% of earnings. So it really depends. And that's kind of why, uh, what's the way to phrase it? (laughs) Co-hosting can avoid some of that legal scrutiny and, and some of the legality associated with a typical property manager. It's sort of hard to define it. It's really whatever arrangement that co-host and that owner come up with. It's up to them to come up with their own contracts. Airbnb does not facilitate relationships between owners and co-hosts. They're not going to provide you with a contract. They're not going to outline duties for each party. It's really up to the owner to find a co-host and for co-hosts to find owners. And hopefully those co-hosts and owners are good fits for each other, and they can then decide who's going to be responsible for what, what their communication style will be, and what percentage each party walks away with. So that is a summary of co-hosting. So the magic of a co-hosting arrangement is that unlike ownership where you have to buy a property and then possibly renovate it, for sure furnish it, stock all the supplies, or arbitrage, which is where you sign a lease to long-term rent a place so that you can then turn around and sublease it as an Airbnb, unlike those two methods where you do have to put in tens if not hundreds of thousands of dollars to get started obviously arbitrage is a much lower starting point financially than ownership but either way you do have to invest some money up front co-hosting you can get in for zero dollars completely for free because all you're doing is coming in and taking a commission it is up to the owner to pay for everything to get the place ready You might even be able to make money off of that, and we're gonna go over that, but in my case, I charge an hourly rate to get the property ready for the owner Before we list it, at that point, I switch over to a commission structure and take a percentage of their rentals. So with co-hosting, you can jump in for $0, right away start making money, and again, because you're able to structure it however you want to, you can start charging an hourly rate right off the bat to help them get it ready. You could just come up with a list of things you want the owner to get ready and give it to them, and it's up to them to spend the money on those upgrades and those supplies that you're suggesting and recommending to them. So it is zero cost to you as a co-host. Maybe the only thing I could think of that you would spend money to get started is if you want to make some flyers or brochures or business cards or set up a website or something or maybe pay a lawyer to look over your co-hosting contract. But all of that, I think you could do pretty minimally. So you're really starting with zero investment in the actual property, and right away you can hit the ground running just making money by being a co host. And now that I just hyped up co hosting for you and why it can be so fabulous, I just have to be a little bit realistic with you all. I will tell you, it is not easy to get properties to co host for if you have never. Managed a short term rental before, which is unfortunate because usually people who already own listings and are managing them have a much, much easier time landing co hosting clients. And I have heard from so many people that after a few months of managing their own listing, people started approaching them totally organically. By accident, asking them to manage their places. That's what happened with me. As you guys know, my story, I was managing my parents' property and it just was doing really well in the area. As we were flipping and renovating the next one, other owners started approaching me. It was so organic. I didn't do any marketing, they just saw our listings in the same area as the place that they had bought in investment properties. And they kept seeing my name pop up. They saw how often we were booked. They saw the nightly rates we were getting and they saw my reviews and they wanted to work with me. So it's kind of a catch 22 where for a lot of people, they want to co-host because this is that very low cost way to get into hosting without owning a property. However, A lot of owners don't want to work with someone who has never hosted their own property before. So I just want to set realistic expectations with you that we're going to go over today, you know, how to find clients and how to best set you up for success as a co-host. But I do just want to set those expectations that unless you're already hosting, be prepared to have to put in way more work and prove yourself way more than other hosts who can already show a track record of how many months they've been hosting. Hopefully you're already super host. Hopefully you already have great reviews. At that point, it's pretty easy getting new co-hosting clients, I have to say. But for people who are starting from scratch, which are usually the ones who are most interested in becoming co-hosts, you're going to have a harder time. It's not impossible, but be prepared that you will have to put in a little bit more work. So first things first, let's talk about how to find owners to even pitch to them the idea that you want to co-host for them. Unfortunately, it is not as easy as just looking up an Airbnb property that you like and messaging that owner and sending them your pitch and telling them that you want to co-host for them. You will not be able to do that. Anybody who's already hosting knows that on Airbnb, you are not able to exchange any personal information, emails, websites, phone numbers. You can't even see the person's full name until they have a confirmed reservation. So, if you are thinking that you will just be able to message a host and say, "Hey, I really want to co-host for you. Can you give me a call or can I send you an email with my proposal or can you email me?" or Here's my full name and look me up on Facebook. You can't do any of that. You there's no way to take the communication off the platform. Even if you found a loophole to do that, that host is not going to engage in that with you because anytime a host takes a potential inquiry off of the Airbnb platform, they are at risk of getting their listing deactivated because Airbnb interprets that as them trying to go off platform to avoid paying the service fees. So do not do that strategy. You are just going to annoy that potential owner. I can say I have been pitched this way a few times, which, again, doesn't even make sense because we have no way of carrying the conversation forward. But even if we did, when I get pitched that way by people, it irritates me so much because I see myself getting a message and I think it's going to be a brand new booking. And then it's just somebody who wants to take some of my business. So please do not do that strategy. It will not work for you. And it's going to leave a really bad taste in the owner's mouth. So if you cannot just reach out to the owner of an Airbnb that you like, what can you do instead? It's really tricky, honestly, because even something like driving through a vacation town and seeing different homes and thinking that you're going to leave a business card or a brochure on the doors, that's not going to work either. Because most Airbnbs in tourist towns where you want to manage, most of those, those listings are not owner occupied. The owner is not even going to be there to grab your brochure or your flyer that you leave. Most likely a guest is going to be the next person or their cleaning team is going to be the next person to show up and they're probably going to throw it away. So how do you actually get in front of the owners? Again, I don't want to sugarcoat this. I do want to set realistic expectations for you. This is probably the toughest part is just finding how to even get in front of these owners and organically pitching them without it coming off super scammy. Here are a few things I can recommend doing. For one, join some Facebook groups of the markets where you want to co-host. Start just immediately providing value on there. Your focus when you join these groups right off the bat should not be pitching your co-hosting services I still think you can mention them absolutely so that people know what you're doing on these posts so that they know what you can help them with, but more so just start providing value. I love the idea of a potential co-host going on one of these Facebook groups and just creating a monthly newsletter of, hey, I put together a list of all of the events that are happening in town this month. So if you're not booked yet, raise your prices for these dates, or let your guests know what they can come in town for. If you want to add this to your description and show the places that you're close to, or use this on your social media marketing so that you can draw some tourists in, do something like that right off the bat, you're already just giving value to these owners. And then at the end, if you put something in your message that says, if you like this newsletter, and you're struggling to get bookings and maximizing your occupancy, please reach out to me. I am able to help you get more guests in your place and help you market your listing better. Boom. There you go. Non-spammy way to actually provide value to owners. Get your name in the community. Start making a reputation for yourself there as somebody who's helpful and ready to provide value. That is a perfect way to pitch yourself. Another thing that you could do in one of these Facebook groups to provide free value would be put together a market report and say, hey, here is what the average property is booking for their nightly rate. Here is the occupancy rates per month for the average property in your area. Are you meeting these standards? Are you below average? Are you at average? If you are, reach out to me and I can help. I really understand this market and I know what it takes to get a property to be a five star listing and how to get more clients in there for you at higher nightly rates and more occupancy again, another way that just doesn't come off as spammy, but you're showing people, hey, here are some numbers and figures for your area. It might even be worth investing in an AirDNA account so that you really get deep insights. And then you can put together your own little, you know, biweekly or monthly newsletter that you are sharing with owners in the area to just show them that you know your stuff. You can still provide that value. Even if they don't go with you as co-hosting, that's okay. They might remember your name and they might refer you to someone else. So always end these value posts with an offering of what you're able to do, but make sure that first and foremost, you are just providing some sort of value to potential owners. Another strategy that I love that doesn't require you having to put in a ton of free work upfront could be offering some sort of service, not co-hosting itself, Because that's a huge commitment for somebody to want to sign with you and give you 20% of their earnings. So you're not going to really get somebody right off the bat with, with that pitch, but come in with some sort of lower offering, lower priced offering or more affordable service that you can provide. For example, maybe you can advertise that you can come in and stage a property, get it ready, or just help somebody fill their supply closet. And if you do that and they're happy with your work and you're prompt with your responses and they pay you for this, I'm not saying this you should do for free. That's an actual service you can advertise. But if you're able to do something like that, They are so much more willing to then hear out some sort of co-hosting pitch. Even if they don't take it on right then and there, you'll be in the back of their mind when they do feel like maybe hosting got overwhelming for them. They're feeling burnt out. They're not able to do it alone. You're going to be the person that they call if they remember the time that you helped them in setting up their property. So getting in there early and helping these brand new hosts just sort of navigate what they're doing in the early days. Another positive of this is that if you do charge for these upfront services that you're doing even if it's just 20 bucks an hour or something to just set up their supply closet for them and make sure they have everything or go over an inspection list with them to just make sure every detail looks perfect before their first guest if an owner is willing to pay you for a service like this it's such a good way not only are you going to make some extra cash just by doing services like this, but Any owner that is willing to pay for something like that, you already know that they are a very serious owner that wants to put money into this investment to make it back. They want to do things right. They are willing to pay people and to outsource to have it done correctly. They're willing to outsource to experts and people who can help them make this easier for them. So if they are already willing to spend money on a service like you coming in and setting up their supply closet for them, that kind of owner... It's just such a seamless way. Not only are you going to get paid already for doing some services like that, but it's just already putting you in partnership with the type of owner that is more likely to hire a co-host. Somebody who is just kind of scrapping this together and pinching pennies to do this as low budget as they can. They are never going to hire a co-host. People like that cannot grapple with the idea of potentially spending 20% of their earnings on a co-host. You need somebody who is actually willing to invest money and sees it as a partnership. They're willing to outsource. They know that they can benefit from working with other people and not going at this business alone. So doing services like that is just a perfect way to, again, make some extra money up front so that while you are waiting for your dream co-host gig, you're actually making a little bit of income, but it's also just going to solidify that you are really in talks with those serious owners that are much more likely to hire a co-host at all. And what I love about that idea is that again, just like co-hosting itself, you can customize whatever service offer you want to. If you are a very, very creative and artsy person, start a service, start telling people that you will come over and paint a mural behind their bed to do an accent wall in a bedroom, something like that. If you're really artistic and that's what you want to specialize in, maybe you can start doing photography for listings and offer to come in and do their photography. And while you're there painting their mural or doing their photography, naturally you can strike up conversation about co-hosting and what you offer with your co-hosting and what commission you take and why they should work with you. And if you already are able to deliver on a service that they like and they're happy with the final product, you are so much more likely to land that future co-hosting gig. So be creative, lean into your strengths here, This could be an opportunity to be an Airbnb cleaner for a little bit of time, and maybe that's the way that you get your foot in the door with an owner who then keeps you on permanently for co-hosting. Maybe you can offer something like I will come and assemble all of your furniture for you and then flatten and throw out all of the boxes. Anyone who has set up an Airbnb knows that it's one thing to go online shopping and pick out all the furniture, and then once it arrives, it is such a pain in the butt to have to sit there with these damn little allen wrenches and assemble 20 pieces of ikea and living spaces furniture and then what do you do with all the trash i'm telling you there are so many owners that in a heartbeat would hire someone who could just come and arrange furniture for them make sure that there's no missing ikea parts and screw it all together and then flatten the boxes and take them out for them Be creative with these services that you offer, lean into your strengths, and really focus on delivering an amazing service. Be prompt with your replies, show how responsible you are, and use that as an opportunity to then create ongoing relationships and pitch co-hosting. So let's move on to step two of this whole thing. Now that you've gotten in front of the owners by providing value for them and providing services for them... And you're there, you have a relationship with them, and you are ready to give them your pitch. What the heck do you actually say? Now, this goes back to what we talked about at the beginning of this episode, where the beauty of co-hosting really is that you can make it whatever you want it to be. You do not have to take on full-on management if you don't want to. If you do want to do full-on property management, that's awesome, but this is the time to just sit down and really think about what you enjoy, what your strengths are, and what you could picture yourself Actually, offering to an owner long term that would be beneficial to them and something that would work on a percentage basis. So, sit down and really think about what your goals are. If you are trying to do this to have some time freedom, maybe offering to take care of messages 24 7 isn't something you should be offering. If your goal, though, is honestly just to make as much money co hosting as you possibly can then i would definitely propose offering full management that's where most revenue is going to be so sit down and think about the scope of what you want to provide i cannot create this pitch for you if any of you do sort of create a pitch you could definitely work with me one on one we could set up a consultation and go through and i can kind of help you refine it but I am not going to be able to tell you what you're good at, what your talents are, what your natural strengths are, what you hate doing, what you absolutely don't want to do for an owner. So this just your homework from this episode is to go sit down and kind of put together a list of what you do want to do, what you don't want to do, and sort of start creating your own pitch. And again, when it's done, I am more than happy to work with you one on one and we can kind of refine it and I can tell you from an Airbnb owner's perspective, what I would be willing to pay for and what percentage and how much, but you are the only one who is going to be able to put this list of services that you want to offer together. Now, regardless of what services you do decide to offer and what ends up being in your co-hosting pitch, what is so important, I mean, I think that this is one of the most important parts of being a co-host and this is really what puts you in that co-host category rather than just some random person that the owner is hiring you to do some occasional tasks for them. What you really, really need to stress is that you will work on commission. They should not be paying you hourly. They should not be paying you on a just flat fee monthly retainer. To me, really the most important part of being a co-host is getting paid a percentage of the bookings. The reason this is so important is because it completely changes the incentive structure for both of you to win. If you just propose something that says, hey, pay me $1,000 a month to just help with staging the property, responding to guests, whatever it is, $1,000 a month, maybe that seems good to the owner on paper because they can just know exactly what they're going to pay you and budget it in. However... That owner is actually hurting themselves because they are disincentivizing their co-host who really is more of a partner in the business. They're immediately disincentivizing their co-host from trying to get them more bookings at higher rates. Right off the bat, they are saying that you're not a partner. They are just going to pay you out an hourly rate or a monthly retainer. If you get a percentage of the bookings, you are just as invested as the owner To get them as many bookings as possible at the highest rate possible. You only make money when they make money and the more they make, the more you make. So that is what is so fundamental to me about stressing with an owner. Because if you can explain that to the owner that you want to be a partner with them and go hand in hand with them in this hosting journey it will just solidify to them that they are getting a whole other person who's just as invested in this business succeeding as they are. And that is huge. On this note, I want to spend some time talking about the relationship between an owner and a co-host and what each should be looking for in the other. Notice that I said what each should be looking for in the other because yes, you as a co-host, should also have standards for the owner and the property you take on. A lot of co-hosts are just thinking that they, any owner that they could get, they are going to work with. No, you need to have your own standards as well. So let's dive into this relationship a little bit so that both parties are getting what they want out of one another and that we can make sure it's a good fit for both of you. So obviously, as an owner, what you're going to look for in a co-host is someone responsible, someone reliable, someone punctual, someone who gets back to you promptly, and someone who is an expert with that market and really understands the ideal customer, the ideal guest, the ideal client for that property, and knows how to target them. That is what you can bring so much value to an owner with. As an owner, that is what I would be looking for. Somebody who I personally, if I just wanted generic management, I could go with Evolve or Vacasa or any of these other companies that only take 10% and just offer a cookie cutter service. For me to go with a co-host who is actually trying to be a partner in my business and sort of work with me hand in hand. For me to go with a co-host, I would want someone who particularly knows my market understands the kind of guest we are catering towards and knows how to stage the home and how to improve it to fit that profile. So on the flip side, what can you as a co-host, what should you as a co-host be looking for in an owner? Think through and think about what is your personal design style. What is your communication style? What markets do you like visiting and do you know really well? Those are the kind of markets that you would be an excellent co-host in. If you don't know anything about fishing, maybe you should not be pitching yourself as a co-host in a lake market to a lakefront home where the primary demographic is guests who are coming to fish. And they are asking about where the best bait and tackle shops are in town. Where should they apply to get a fishing license? What are they permitted to fish? If you are not able to answer those questions, maybe that's not the best market for you to target. On the other hand, if you are an absolute Disney freak and you know everything about Disney, maybe Orlando is the perfect place for you to go start co-hosting. There's an abundance of properties, and if all the guests are going to be asking questions about what rides to get Fast Passes for and what new attractions are opening and you want to design the rooms to a Disney theme, you could be a perfect co-host in a market like that. So have some standards for yourself as a co-host because owners can smell BS. I'm just telling you, owners did not save up this much money and put this much effort into purchasing an investment property to just be willing to give 20 percent away to anybody who pitches them they are going to be so picky and owners will smell just that stink that people get on them when all they want to do is take a cut without doing any of the work you have to be genuine and authentic to the type of owner you are trying to pitch Again, this is a partnership and that relationship is so important that both parties are benefiting from it. So in addition to creating your pitch of the division of labor and who's going to be doing what roles and what tasks you want to perform for your owner, make sure also that you are thinking through what kind of markets you feel like you could work well in. If you don't know anything about country music, I probably would not pitch anyone in the Nashville market. A lot of your guests are gonna be asking about when are country music festivals. Who's touring right now? Where can you go for this kind of country music? Where can you go for that kind of country music? If you don't know anything about that, you're not going to be the best co-host for that kind of area. So spend some time thinking about, again, not just your own personal strengths and weaknesses of what you can offer, but your own likes and dislikes and who you could talk to. What ideal guests are you going to be a good host for? Those are the properties and markets that you should be targeting. And of course, like I said at the beginning of this episode, this is one of the reasons why it just is so much easier for people who are already hosting their own property to pitch new owners to co-host because you can already show, hey, I'm already attracting this kind of client. I'm already running this kind of property and most in most cases i have seen that when owners expand into co-hosting they end up taking on other properties that are very similar to theirs with other owners that are like-minded to them so if you are already owning and operating a short-term rental and you are a successful host who's wanting to expand into co-hosting you will have a much easier time acquiring your first few deals for those of you who are completely starting from scratch Like I said, you may have to put in a little more work to prove yourself, but just don't be discouraged because there is so much opportunity out there. I am telling you, there are so many owners that do not want to be bothered with the day to day operations and they are looking for co-hosts. A lot of owners don't even know that a role of co-host exists out there. A lot of them think that they just have to go with one of these big name brand management companies. So there is opportunity out there. You may just have to get a little bit more creative on how you prove what you can bring to the table. If you have any past work experience in event planning or maybe working at a hotel or at a golf course for a summer maybe even being a restaurant server, anything that's related to dealing with people and the service industry. That's really all you need. Day to day operations of hosting, I think can be learned pretty quickly. But just being able to talk to people and having good customer service, that is one of those things that you either have it or you don't you either know how to talk to guests or you don't, you understand hospitality and what guests are looking for or you don't. So moving on to the next phase of this whole ordeal, you have now gotten yourself in front of the right owners, you've developed a relationship with them, you've decided what duties you want to offer and sort of put together an offering and what percentage you're going to take. And you have clearly defined what kind of properties and owners you even want to work with. And hopefully those are the owners who are already working with you or are reading your very valuable free Facebook posts that you're putting out there. So now moving forward, you've got this relationship going. It seems like it's a good fit. What do you actually do to become a co-host? I recommend starting with a contract and I will be honest, I did not have a contract at all until this year. I have been co-hosting for four years without a contract, which I do not recommend others do. I will say it was good in the sense that it just didn't slow me down as soon as I had opportunity to start co-hosting for other owners. I didn't want to have to stop and put together a whole contract and just slow down acquiring that deal that we just went for it and Luckily, nothing bad has ever happened out of that. I have really good relationships with all the owners I work with, but I do officially have a contract now and it's just been so much nicer officially having clearly defined roles, knowing who's responsible for what, peace of mind knowing that I, you know, I'm covered. We we both know what we're responsible for. And there are terms to the contract so we know how long I am hosting for them and what they need to do if they want to end that relationship with me. I think another reason that I was so hesitant to do a contract in the early days was because I was afraid that the thought of signing a contract would scare off a potential owner. I really am rethinking my thought process on that and I actually think that if I had had a contract Earlier on, it would have made those owners take me more seriously. So, again, it's it worked out for me. I've been very fortunate with everything, but this is a classic example of please just do as I say, not as I did. I highly recommend you get a contract in place and it will make you look more legitimate with owners. And honestly, if any owner really did take issues signing a contract with you, that to me would be a red flag that. It might not be a good fit and there's a reason that they are maybe just wanting you to stage the place for them and then they're going to pull out and go on their own. There's, it would make me a little bit wary that an owner just would not want to sign a contract at all. So please have one in place. And I am actually thinking right now out loud here, would you guys be interested in a bonus episode where I kind of read through my own co-hosting contract? I can't put it here. This episode will just be way too long at this point, but I don't know. Give me some feedback on that. Send me a DM on Instagram if you'd be interested in a bonus episode on that. Um, I don't know. Maybe I should even make my co-hosting contract available. Give Give me your feedback on that. Send me a message and let me know what your thoughts on that would be. Maybe a bonus episode going over it or just making the contract available. But regardless, again... Have a contract in place, something that even if you're going to do this super low budget and simple to start, even if it's just a one page agreement, I would just have a bullet point list of what you are going to be responsible for as a co-host, what your payment is, what percentage payment it is. If the cleaning fee has to be paid out separately, make sure that it's explained how the owners are going to pay for that and when it's due and how you expect to get reimbursed for that. And I would also include a list of the things that the owner would be responsible for, such as making sure that they maintain their active vacation rental permit status if their city requires it, that they pay any tourist taxes that are due, that they maintain insurance if they choose to do so. So just making sure that those duties are clearly assigned to each party. As far as coming up with what percentage you want to charge, I would definitely recommend checking out what other management companies in your area are charging. I charged a 20% commission for up until just a few months ago, actually, and we just recently changed it to 25% maybe if I do this bonus episode, I'll explain the structure that I used to have and the one I have now. There's a very uh, interesting reason why we changed it. I kind of learned some things in my four years of co-hosting that have made me uh, want to change up my structure a little bit. So that might be interesting to dive into on a potential bonus episode about co-hosting. But anyway, when it comes for to you deciding what commission you want to charge... I really recommend looking at what the competitor management companies in your area are charging. In my area, the cheapest one was charging 25%. The most expensive one was charging 40%. So I came in at 20% just because at that time I was new. I didn't have a lot of experience. And so that to me was one of my selling points to undercut the competitors. If all the management companies in your area are charging 20%, Maybe you can still charge 20, maybe you don't have to undercut them, but you have to come in with a really, really strong selling point and be able to define what your 20% is and why you deserve to be paid as much as these established management companies. If all the companies in your area are charging 40%, maybe you can go as high as 40, but again, you have to just make sure that you can clearly justify why you deserve as much of a commission as these really established companies. With co-hosting, like I said, it all comes back to this. There's no right or wrong way to do this. There's no one way to do this. It is whatever you and the owner come up with, whatever that partnership looks like and works out to be and ends up being. If you want to start it with just a small 5% offer to handle 24-7 guest messages and pitch to them that if you're happy with this, maybe in a few months I could take on some additional roles. If you want to slowly train me and we could work me up to 10%. Maybe that can just be your foot in the door. Really, there are no rules to this. Airbnb doesn't care how you co host. No one cares. No one cares. It's just the agreement between you and the owner. And that is what makes it a little bit stressful to get started with, but also makes it so freeing and makes it a relationship that can really, really be beneficial to both parties. My ultimate advice on co-hosting that I'm going to leave you with on today's episode is just to really set expectations with your owner. And if you're an owner listening to this and now you're considering hiring a co-host, make sure you clearly set expectations with the co-host. Both parties have to be happy with the arrangement and have to know what each of them are doing. Have something on paper that just very clearly outlines who is responsible for what. moving right along into this week's Airbnb quick tip. This week's tip is going to stay on theme with this whole co-hosting topic that we've got today. And my simple quick tip for this one is one of the things to include in your co-hosting contract is come up with a ceiling that you are allowed to spend up to without having to talk to the owner. I cannot tell you how many times there have just been really urgent situations where my cleaner gets into the property when the guest checks out and immediately tells me there's something leaking under the bathroom sink and we need a plumber in there ASAP before the next guest gets in. When it's something like that. I don't have time to call the owner while I'm also trying to contact multiple plumbers and see who can get in there and coordinate that around the cleaners being currently in the property and possibly have to start letting guests know if there was a case where we'd have to cancel on them because we can't host them. In those situations, the last thing that I want to do is have to go and call the owner and coordinate and say, hey, the plumber quoted this much to do this. Are you okay with that? And then I have to go back to the plumber and renegotiate something in those situations, literally minutes count when you have to be ready by check-in time and you, and the clock is ticking minutes count. And so in those cases, it is so nice. We have a threshold with my owners where I am allowed to spend up to $300 without having to talk to them or get it approved or get their permission. If you end up co-hosting bigger properties than what I'm managing, I manage two bed, two bath, 830 square foot properties. If you end up managing something bigger, maybe that ceiling should be higher, but whatever the case, I definitely recommend putting in some sort of monetary amount up front that you are approved to spend on behalf of the owner and get reimbursed for later without having to speak to them. Just put it up in, put it in writing right up front because I'm telling you when that emergency situation happens and you really need to go for it and just charge, charge the credit card, swipe the credit card or write a check right away to a plumber or electrician or HVAC guy. You're going to be so thankful that you just have that amount that you were able to spend without having to go ahead and coordinate all of this with your owner. Again, this just goes right back to setting expectations right up front so that there are no surprises and this is just going to allow you as the co-host to still be able to perform your duties as effectively and efficiently as possible without getting bogged down by all the red tape that can sometimes come with a relationship like this. For this week's question of the week, I have selected a question that is right in line with our co-hosting topic. This is just the ultimate co-hosting podcast episode. So uh, before we get into this question, do me a favor. And if you have been wanting to learn more about co-hosting and are enjoying this episode and finding it valuable, please leave me a five-star review. I read every single one of them and they mean so much to me. Okay. Going back to the episode. So For this week's question of the week, how do you bill your owners as a co-host? Let's kind of go into the actual way to structure this so that you get paid and it's easy on the owner to reimburse you and it's easy for you that you're not having to carry a huge balance and you're being paid promptly. Here is how I do it. Right within the Airbnb app, I set up a split payout structure. So... Take notes here. This is kind of a lot of meaty content I'm going to give you right now. The way that your co-hosting arrangement should be set up is that the owner should have their own Airbnb account and have their listing published there. You can even offer to set up their listing for them. I actually do that for all of my owners because I want to set it up for them Again, since this is a partnership relationship, I feel that setting it up in the way that I know makes a online Airbnb listing successful will help me in the long run because I can set it up in a way that's going to make them more money and make the listing look more attractive. So you can set it up for them, but do it under their own account. Once you've set up the listing, you're going to send yourself an invite so you should also have your own Airbnb account and then you're going to send yourself an invite to join that listing as a co-host. Make sure that you set yourself up as the admin of the listing so that way it shows your name and your profile picture. So even though the owner of the account, their name is still there if you scroll all the way down, guests will see that they are communicating with you. So Let's just say that the owner's name is, I don't know, Jeff, and you are Cindy. You want to set it up so that it's Cindy's profile picture and name that pop up when the guest sends a message, not Jeff. Even though Jeff will still be there at the very bottom if they scroll down, you don't want any confusion on who the guest should expect a response from. So once you've received that co-host invite and you have been established as the admin on the account... Have the owner go into their account and put their payout information. So where is Airbnb going to pay them out to? Now you go right in there and you will also add your payout information. So again, this is in the owner's Airbnb account. You're going to add your payout information there, and then you can actually split up to two accounts. You can split by percentage where the payouts go. So In my case, I used to have that 80% went to the owner and 20% to me, I've recently changed it to 25%, so it was very easy to just go in and adjust that the owners and their account now it says 75% for them, and for me it says 25%. Super easy, you can split this to whatever you want, up to two accounts. So go ahead and that is how you are going to handle the actual commission portion. Now, when it comes to getting reimbursed for cleaning or any supplies you buy for the owner, the way I do it is I pay our cleaner after every single cleaning. So if my cleaner cleaned four units in a day, I pay them four times the number of cleaning fees. I will Venmo them or pay them through Zelle. Immediately, I send them money and then... I, at the end of each week, will bill that individual owner. I have a spreadsheet with each owner, and in there I will plug in, hey, you had three cleanings this week, so reimburse me this much. The reason that I don't like having the owner pay the cleaner directly is because I would have too many messages. It'd be too much kind of micromanaging for me. So this way, I am able to know that my cleaner got paid at the end of each day of performing the service. I can know that they got paid because I'm the one who sent that payment. Right now, I co host five listings. So it would just be a lot for me to have to follow up with five owners per day and let them know, hey, your place is cleaned. Can you now pay the cleaner? I personally don't want to do that. So I like just carrying the balance for that week. And then at the end of each week, I will send that reimbursement request. I just send a Google sheet that I keep updated every week to the owners. And then they can just Venmo or Zelle me back. And that's it. We make it super easy. As far as supplies go, anytime that I have to buy toilet paper or shampoo for the units, I just keep that receipt and then I will send a picture of the receipt to the owners with a copy of the Google Sheet that is updated. And then again, they can just include the cost of any of those supplies when they pay me back along with the cleaning fees. So that's how I do it. So at least that way, I'm still getting paid out for my actual commission right away. And then I only have to carry a balance of cleaning fees and expenses for a week at a time. One thing to note with that split payout is that Airbnb is going to split those percentages based on the entire reservation. They don't subtract the cleaning fee and then just pay you out a percentage of just the nightly rate. It will include a percentage for the cleaning fee, for any pet fees, whatever might be there, a management fee, any of those fees that are included, you will get your percentage paid out on the entire amount that the guest pays. So just be aware of that. One final thing I will say on this point is that one of the reasons that you really do want to make sure that the owner sets up their own account and that you don't just put their property under your account, You really want to make sure that the owner has their own account and invites you as a co-host for a few reasons. For one, if the relationship ever ends, the owner is then going to be able to leave and still have all of those reviews specific on their account to their listing. They're not going to lose all the reviews because it was on your account and now you delete that listing from your account. They can leave the relationship anytime and still keep those reviews specific to them. Another benefit that you really should try pitching, especially any of you out here who are already super hosts, if a brand new owner creates their brand new listing and has no reviews yet and is not a super host, just by adding you as a co-host and making you the primary host on that account, just by doing that, automatically their listing will be classified as a super host listing because it's hosted by You a super host. So that's definitely something to pitch. If you do already have super host status, that's kind of a little perk that you can advertise is that even if they are technically starting from scratch by going with you as their primary host and their co-host, they're going to be able to benefit from that. And finally, for this week's, am I the Airbnb hole? Oh, this one just infuriated me. You guys will see why. This was a host who posts a screenshot from a message that they got from a guest. So here is what the host said. Hi, everyone. I have a no refund policy. I received an inquiry for one person and an emotional support animal, which I approved and she booked. One hour later, the reservation was canceled by the guest and she sends the following message. And here's the screenshot she attached. Hi, we've had a tragic death and the funeral will be held this weekend. Unfortunately, I cannot make it and the entire family will be coming down for the funeral as well. Is there any way I can get a full refund? It would be much appreciated. Thank you. Ugh, I hate this. I just hate it because I'm sorry, you guys. Okay, if there really was a tragic death, I'm going to feel like a horrible person for saying this, but... Come on, are we seriously supposed to believe that within one hour, this guest was able to book an Airbnb and then within one hour, not only was there a tragic death, okay, that I could believe there could be a tragic death within an hour. But she says in the message, there's been a tragic death. And now the funeral is this weekend. So already you planned the whole funeral. Okay. And she says, and the entire family will be coming down for the funeral as well. So, not just that a whole funeral was planned within an hour of a tragic death, but also the entire family was now able to make travel accommodations to come. Give me a break. Again, you guys, I swear, if there really was a tragic death, I'm going to feel like such a horrible person for making this. And am I the Airbnb whole segment? But I just, it just. Oh, I just cannot stand when people say things like this, like these fake lies. Just admit that you found a cheaper place or a place that you like better, and now you want to cancel, okay? Honestly, I would so much more respect a guest who just straight up said that. And truthfully, if a guest only held the dates for an hour, I would probably give them a full refund regardless, even if it was technically within my within the time period where they can't get a full refund. But it's just so... I don't know. I find it so offensive that a guest feels a need to make up such dramatic excuses like this. It's so like insulting to the host to just act like they're not capable of like like you're just making your host feel like they're so stupid. You really think that we don't see through this and that we don't know that you are just making up such an egregious lie? It's I mean, you guys again, within 1 hour This woman experienced a tragic death in the family, an entire funeral was planned, and all the extended family-made travel accommodations had come down. No. You found a cheaper place. You found a place that you liked more within an hour of booking, and now you want to cancel for a full refund. Give me the respect of just straight up telling me that that's what happened. Don't use, don't exploit tragic family deaths. There are so many guests who might actually have that. Don't exploit that happening for something like this. That just infuriates me. So clearly, the host, I don't know what she ended up doing. I don't know if she refunded her or not. Honestly, I think the host should refund her just because she had only had the place booked for an hour. It's not that big of a deal. It's very unlikely that she prevented someone else from booking during that time. Honestly, though, the host has no obligation to refund it whatever policy she had in place since the guest had booked just a few days out because she says she had to cancel for that weekend. So the host really does have no obligation to refund it. I mean, whatever cancellation policy she has would have been known up front before the guest made the booking. Personally, though, I would refund it as a host. She only held the dates for an hour, but it just, to any guests out there, stop using fake deaths as an excuse. It's We know when you're lying and it's just so exploitative of guests who actually have tragedies like this. So to this guest, you are the Airbnb hole. And God, you guys, I swear if there really was a tragic death, I'm going to feel like the worst person ever. I will actually have to go back and delete this whole episode because I would feel so guilty and with that it is now checkout time thanks for listening and i'll see you back here next week lastly as airbnb hosts we all can appreciate a good five-star review so you already know a great review on this podcast would mean so much to me please subscribe review share and connect with me in the show notes below bye